whoever and wherever you are. You're listening to We Hate Small Talk with Cindy and Kara. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season three. Oh, my gosh. Um, Can't believe we're here already. But this is the first episode of our third season of We Hate Small Talk. And before we get started, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone that has followed us from the beginning or you've just popped in randomly and found us on the internet. But every listen counts and we're so happy you're here with us for a third season. And thanks so much for all the love and support. Before I get started, there are some changes happening this season. Unfortunately, my co-host for the last two seasons, who you all know and love, Yimin, is off girl bossing on other aspects of her life. Uh, So she will not be joining us, but uh, she will be returning and she's left a message for you guys. Hi everyone, it's Iman here. Before we start season three and the new episode, I just wanted to come on here and say that I will be actually taking a small break from the podcast, and so you won't be hearing my voice for the next few episodes. This decision was not an easy one because I truly enjoy doing this, and it's such a creative outlet for me. But I do want to take this break to focus on some of the other personal goals that I have in my life. And I'm sure everyone can relate to the feeling of wanting to do all these things in your life, but also not wanting to stretch yourself too thin. And I think this break is really important for me to not stretch myself too thin and not try to take on too much at once. And essentially being able to dedicate my energy into some of the other things that I want to accomplish. Having said that though, I am super happy that Kara was able to join our podcast and I'm really excited for what Cindy and Kara have in store for the next few episodes. And I'm also really excited for when I am ready to come back and continue the podcast. So don't miss me too much because I will definitely be back soon. So now I want to introduce you guys to my new co-host. Don't worry though, she's not a stranger. You've definitely heard her here before. So without further ado, please introduce yourself again to the listeners. Hello there, dear listeners. (laughs) Okay, no, I'm just joking. It is me, Kara. You probably, if you do remember, um, or if you had listened to the previous episode, and sorry to our listeners who now have to listen to me ramble, um, which hopefully will not (laughs) be too uninteresting, but I am very excited to be here. Yeah, how do you feel? I mean, this is obviously not new for you, but I guess now you're a permanent co-host, So with great power comes, obviously, great responsibility. (laughs) Yes, but honestly, I think I just feel, again, like I've been wanting to do something like this anyways. And also, I feel like we just, the two of us, and like me with other friends too, just ramble about so many (laughs) things all the time already that like this feels like a therapy session for myself. 
Uh, so the fact that you know there might be other people listening and maybe it can resonate with them even a little bit is just something that's very comforting to me in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kara is someone that um, I've always done I think weekly catch ups with, uh, mm-hmm. and we kind of just like starting from when the pandemic happened set a weekly time slot and we would just like log on regardless and just like mm-hmm. talk about everything and anything for like hours on end i remember this one time i think we talked until like 5 a.m or something like that yes actually maybe not even one time a couple of times like there's just yes. so much to say <laughs> mm-hmm. yes which is funny because i think like despite of our like siamese twins energy that the fact that we can still find so much to talk about (laughs) is very interesting (laughs) exactly and um for us two big talkers we're super excited for season three we have a lot of things planned um we kind of picked some topics that we really want to discuss together and obviously if you have any that you want to hear about feel free to send us a message and we'll add it to the roster but yeah i mean we're obviously very excited to get this show on the road so starting off for our third season we're going to be talking about this concept of a tiger mom and this is like the perfect opportunity to talk about this because mother's day is coming up so if you don't have any plans yet there's some time left to make them but first things first i guess to kind of set the stage what the heck is a tiger mom Yeah, I feel like we've always heard this term, and I've heard this term in both Chinese and English, um, and I had assumed that it was like a word that originated from China, uh, and I guess it kind of is. So after doing a little bit of research, it was a term that was started by a Chinese-American who kind of wrote in a memoir that described her own mother I think and the phenomenon of like Asian parents and Asian moms specifically being tiger mothers Um, so I think it generally just refers to as you guys probably already know a very very strict parenting style that is usually very common to Asian households where you know um, the mom usually pushes their kids to attain like very high levels of like academic success also very involved in extracurricular activities you know the running joke of every chinese child knows how to play the piano which <laughs> you know is it really a stereotype when it is basically the truth um good question <laughs> but yeah so that is a very general definition of tiger mom yeah and i never realized that there was no kind of sense of like this word before i think she wrote her memoir Mm -hmm. um this came out 2011 and she's obviously like Mm -hmm. very accomplished um amy tra is a yale law school professor of course and she basically just you know wrote about raising her two daughters um her husband is i think american so her daughters are mixed but she raised them with this like chinese ideology in mind success only no failures excel at everything you do like her daughters have both um excelled at violin at academics i think both ended up at ivy league schools so clearly you know people (laughs) online were saying all right all right you know maybe her method works because Mm -hmm. obviously based on her way of raising her children 
both her daughters have really excelled. Mm -hmm. But the question is, I don't know, do you think it actually works? Does like, you know, forbidding your children from going on sleepovers and like making them practice hours of like instruments, like would that actually mean that they would always end up successful in some way? This is such a, you know, controversial topic always. Um, Mm -hmm. I think... I think there's definitely, like with everything else, there are pros and cons to this. As someone who very much, you know, just jumping ahead a little bit, but um, as someone (laughs) who has definitely grown up in a household that is very much like the one that we just described, I can see how it can be beneficial because I personally feel like sometimes you do need the pressure and a little bit of discipline um to help you get to kind of like be your best self is the term that i guess a lot of the asian parents like like to say because Mm -hmm. they see potential and they want you to reach your fullest potential is what my parents always said so Mm -hmm. obviously i don't think that works for everyone and i've certainly like personally experienced and have heard stories of like where it really really impacts your mental health and it can definitely go the other direction because this is not the style that will fit everyone's like learning and like how they want to perform but personally I can see why like especially when I was like very very young how having that kind of strictness and discipline instilled in me um, did kind of contribute to my later on like self-discipline in a way and also pushing mm-hmm. myself to achieve like better things or believing that I could is another thing. Oh, 100%. I think the way that we kind of visualize it is that like a tiger mom is a firm but loving guiding mm-hmm. hand throughout your you know childhood and adolescent years. And it really pushes you. Like when you think you can't take the next step or when you think you can't get onto the next level, it pushes you up and almost like forces you to get over that like apprehension you may have had. And I love that word you use, discipline. I think if it came down to one word or a single characteristic of a tiger mom, it's all about the discipline. And that's your personal life, your academics, anything you do in life, it's about like, time management it's like almost almost military style you know it's like go Mm -hmm. go go like you follow my orders like I will guide you to the goal basically Mm -hmm. yeah and I think like I feel like the best obviously this is a personal opinion but I feel like where this can go really wrong aside from like being obviously way too controlling of your child and not letting them experience everything else in the fullest Um, Another thing I think that tends to accompany some of these parenting styles is the lack of praise or acknowledgement Mm. that is given to the child, which is also very common in Asian households and like tiger moms, is that because of their high expectations, it almost feels like you're never meeting them, which can really, really, I think, damage um, someone's growth in general. Oh, wow. You're crazy. No, it doesn't. Um, (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely think this way of thinking is kind of ingrained in a lot of parents um, that if you overly praise your child, you inflate their ego, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a sense of like, I'd rather have my child believing that they always need to work harder 
um, then for them to think, oh, you know, I'm doing pretty well because Mm -hmm. I guess in that sense, then they're always, you know, growing, leveling up, like doing whatever and they can never like just kind of stay, not do anything. (laughs) I don't know. Like I definitely agree. Like I feel like a lot of us probably when we were younger, we needed that kind of guiding direction in a sense. Probably not to this extent, definitely, but for some kids, I feel like it would definitely really backfire. Like, Mm -hmm. I personally saw a lot of examples of my peers that grew up in these, like, tiger mom households Mm -hmm. that basically just derailed after that presence was gone. Either they went to university or their mom got too tired um, of being a tiger mom. And that really just kind of set them off on, like, onto, like, a path of no return almost. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the kids that never went out to parties, like, drinking way too much, partying way too hard when they first get to university, Mm -hmm. or just completely being unable to manage their own academics because their mom was always there to do it for them. Yes. Which is why I think, you know, self-discipline and a little bit of accountability on your child's behalf like is very important um, because then without your micromanagement they won't know how to function <laughs> properly in society which in, which is another really bad thing but yeah I think going back to the balance factor I think you know some people really do need motivation to not stay stagnant But at the same time, I think it's okay to be like, you know, here is what you have achieved so far, which is great, but you can always do better. Or, you know, there is room for you to grow, which is, I think, a better mindset than saying you're never doing enough. Yeah, okay. So I guess a twist on the traditional um tiger mom parenting like both the stick and the carrot like you can be a tiger mom but also you know be be a, be a cat mom sometimes <laughs> you don't always have to be a tiger <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> i guess another question is would you think of you know any other pros or cons from having such a strict childhood we've talked about a couple but i mean maybe we haven't talked about the pros enough i guess um do you see anything super delightful about having a tiger mom Uh, see i'm like to be fair i think my parents were they probably qualify more under helicopter parents than tiger Mm. moms which we will jump into later but i say that because they would set very high expectations but they won't try to micromanage me because they know Mm. that i and my self-driven competitiveness or like just psychotic behavior will do the Mm -hmm. rest of the work for them um but so I think like that I don't know whether or not that is something that's more my personality or if it's actually born out of nurture that Mm -hmm. they've instilled it in me but I just don't notice but I think that is definitely something now looking back like I said before I appreciated that practice of discipline Because something, like, one example is because of, like, the strict upbringing and, like, their high expectations for me, I learned at a very young age that if I can just get all of my work done as soon as possible and to the quality or standard that is expected of me, 
then I am quote unquote allowed to enjoy the fruits of my labor and you know、mm. have more time off. So that allowed me to have like a very high drive and also in times some balance in my life. When it comes to academics, so that's kind of how I've always approached school from that point onward. Is if I can meet these expectations, then I can also enjoy the other parts of life. <laughs> I see. So it's like basically you were bred to be an efficient worker and、yes. an effective worker in a sense. I definitely see that. It's like if you had the capability of managing such a childhood schedule, like you were being shipped from school to、mm-hmm. ECs to more ECs, doing your homework, getting everything done, making everyone happy, you would have some like amazing time management skills. Like I personally felt like I was like in a billion. After school activities、oh, since、yeah. I was younger, like <laughs> any sport, any sort of like arts related thing, like I was pretty much in all of them, right? And、mm-hmm. it gave me such a good view of like just what you can get out of life at a young age. Like I felt like I experienced a lot more than maybe some of my peers. Um, because I was just like doing so much and I was seeing so much and I could get such a like full taste of. What life had to offer, I guess. Like it gave me a really broad view of things. That is definitely something that my parents have also purposefully tried to do from a very early、mm-hmm. age too. So I completely agree because they, I think they wanted to expose me to as many opportunities as possible, so that、mm-hmm. later on, even if I decide that, for example, like piano is not for me, at least I now know enough to make that decision. That I don't like、exactly. it, and I've tried it. So yeah, you know, just to look back on the countless fights that I had with my mom over <laughs> piano,、um, I am still grateful for that experience. Okay, yeah, and I guess like I think for us children of tiger mothers, like, and we kind of grew out of it. Like we look backwards and always see like, oh, I'm pretty thankful they did that to us.、Mm-hmm. Um, Despite the fights or despite the anger as a child, like I'm still pretty thankful I went through that. But obviously, during that time, we were suffering、mm-hmm. um, and did not like it, right? So I think for these grown adults who went through that in their childhoods, usually the verdict is that we gained something out of it, right?、Mm-hmm. Like we lost a lot of things, maybe like having like a real childhood, like doing a lot of like childhood activities, but we did have a lot to gain. So maybe this is just us. Consoling ourselves,、um, <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> yeah, like you know, maybe we went through this and we're just convincing ourselves it's all for good. But who knows if it was good、mm-hmm. or bad, right? That's true. Yeah, it's kind of impossible to be objective in our situation. But you know, I think a turning point for me because obviously growing up, I was very rebellious against all of this, despite the fact that I still did them nonetheless.、Um, <laughs> deep down inside, I was very like unhappy. But I think. Something that my mom said once that stuck with me was that she is terrified of me growing up and looking back and blaming them for not having let me do certain things or like、mm-hmm. having regrets in life. That was one、mm-hmm. of her biggest fears was that she didn't want me to regret not having done something.、Um, so that really contributed to why she like. Really wanted to push me to excel in, for example,、um, 
piano and also dancing for me were two really, really big and important extracurriculars. And because I was pushed and I was good at them, she was really scared that I would look back and think that, oh, like, I was so good. Why didn't you let me continue? Or why didn't you push me hard enough so that I would become better at them? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think having heard her like concerns and like her worries I kind of understand and I can empathize with that because Mm -hmm. you know I think as a parent that's definitely you always want to make sure that your child is fulfilled in life and is able to do the things that they want to do yeah I honestly had like deja vu because I feel like my mom has told me that exact same thing (laughs) um where she was like I don't want you to grow up into an adult and then resent me for the things I didn't do yeah so I'd rather just do them (laughs) that's exactly I'd rather just make you do the things because you're never really gonna regret doing things like I don't regret doing any of my ECs right like Mm -hmm. I don't regret going to sports I don't regret doing art like Chinese school all of the above Mm -hmm. I feel like if I didn't do those things I would regret it more so Mm -hmm. I am thankful that that happened to me Um, And honestly, like, when I was growing up, I didn't realize that other kids were different. Like, maybe I was so in my own bubble um, that I I honestly thought everyone was like me. Like, Mm -hmm. that they would have something on every day of the week. I remember having a schedule and it'd be like, Monday and Wednesdays, we would do this after school. There would be this extracurricular. Like, Saturday mornings, Saturday afternoon. Like, you know, it was all, like, blocked out, right? Mm -hmm. So... I honestly thought everyone was like that until I realized, (laughs) no, um, they actually just like kind of watch a lot of TV (laughs) or, you know, are going at it on the playground. But obviously I was not privy to that. Mm -hmm. So in a way Mm -hmm. I am sad that I missed that part. But Mm -hmm. honestly, I feel like I gained way more skills and kind of a better worldview of things. Yeah, I think I definitely got to experience a bit of both because... I think when I was in China for like the first 10 years of my life, like everyone around me was doing the same thing, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, in a way, I, I was just part of the norm. But I think when I came to Canada, it was very much like, wow, you can just go on a field after school and I don't know, like lie down with the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I was also in Prince Edward Island, so that was a very, that was not even an exaggeration of what I would do after school. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, well, we've talked a lot about, like, tiger moms, and I've also realized that it's always tiger mom, never tiger dad. Because it's the notion that, like, your dad is outside working and your mom is the one at home taking care of the kids' education. Yeah, you know, very stereotypical division Mm -hmm. of labor, but Mm -hmm. maybe we can say tiger parent to include the tiger fathers that are out there, which obviously I feel like there are, they are, (laughs) they're out there. Oh, I mean, you know, as our next topic of conversation, helicopter parent um, is very fitting because in my household, it is definitely my father who is a helicopter parent. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about helicopter parents. Love that it's parent here and not helicopter mom or dad, but Mm -hmm. how is a tiger mom kind of different from a helicopter parent or like, is there a similarity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the overlap is that there is both a sense of strictness in Mm -hmm. that, you know, they are definitely 
very controlling in the sense that they want to supervise their child. But I think the difference here is that a tiger mom seems to be the end goal is academic success and it's mm. excellence um, and it's all mm. these achievement focused things. Whereas I think mm. a helicopter parent is just like helicopters. They are just over your head circling because they want <laughs> to oversee every aspect of your life constantly. So mm. that might not be necessarily tied to an academic goal. They just want to be controlling for that sake. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. So like, I guess tiger moms can also be helicopter parents, yes. but not all helicopter parents are tiger parents. There exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think like I never grew up hearing like helicopter parent. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up hearing tiger mom more. So this concept of a helicopter parent wasn't very apparent until mm-hmm. I was in university. And I think like someone called their own parents like a helicopter parent and I was like Mm -hmm. what the hell is that like (laughs) can you please explain what is a helicopter parent Mm -hmm. um and then I realized it's very synonymous to what I heard growing up Mm -hmm. yeah and it seems just like a very westernized version of it almost yes uh minus the excellence or death type of vibe Mm -hmm. but still (laughs) a lot of the same supervision right Mm -hmm. yeah same here I think at first, when I heard the term, I didn't really understand what it meant. But once I read the definition, it all came rushing back as a familiar memory. Um, yeah, maybe not maybe not memory, because that indicates the past. Uh, but, but okay, yes. well, I mean, you're alluding to something here. So I guess mm-hmm. like we can talk about our verdict with our parents, like, are they tiger parents or helicopter parents or both or none of the above? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, I think as I mentioned, like I think my mom has maybe like been a little inkling of being a tiger mom when I was younger, but mm. uh, definitely she still gave me a lot of autonomy uh, when it comes mm. to actually like executing the work. But my dad is textbook textbook (laughs) helicopter parent and yeah when I saw like every aspect of their child's life constantly I was like yep that is Papa Moo um because (laughs) he definitely is the type to for example um like if I'm not answering a text if I'm not replying to a phone call he would I would see like 12 missed calls um he (laughs) used to always when I was like in high school or middle school want to know exactly where I was what I was doing with who and that was definitely something that got to me a lot uh, and I actively rebelled against that all the time to no avail um, but I tried and <laughs> I think like something that he really likes to fall back on is my safety And I think, Mm. I don't know about other helicopter parents, whether or not this is something that could resonate with other people, but for them, it all comes down to, oh, like I'm not being necessarily controlling, or even if they admit that they are being controlling, they're saying that the motivation behind it is benign and it's altruistic Mm -hmm. in that they want to make sure that you're okay and they want Mm -hmm. to protect you. And I'm sure that like, Many people, if they do have helicopter parents, they can relate in that, 
you know, it's not always good to, as we've discussed before, to actively try to shield your child from everything because that's impossible. They have to go mm-hmm. out to society on their own at some point, and therefore, you doing this right now may actually be counterproductive. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I feel like every child, regardless of what they're like, needs to go through some like mistakes. They need to like fall、yes. down a little, and then they'll understand kind of the concept of like not everything is gonna go exactly the way I want, and not、mm-hmm. everything is perfect. And they'll just need to live with that. I feel like that's one of like the biggest lessons that children need to like know about, right?、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess for your parents, then your mom tried to kind of be a tiger mom, yes, and your dad. Full-fledged helicopter dad.、Mm-hmm. Um, interesting.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I guess like to contrast that, my mom is one of those people that thinks they're not a tiger mom at all. But they like <laughs> live and breathe that same sort of ideology,、mm-hmm. and the way she does it is very, very, I guess, subtle in a sense.、Mm-hmm. Um, because her opening thought is the same. Like I'm doing it from a place of love. Like、mm-hmm. I want you to live your best life. And also to follow up with that is that why are you doing something if you're not going to excel at it, right? Then you would、yes. just be wasting your time. Yes. So with those two main sort of like columns holding up, you know, her parenting style, she's tried to like get me exposed to like all sorts of things. Like you said, as、mm-hmm. we were younger, like you know, piano I did for a while, you know, art, like different types of sports, like you can name it, right?、Mm-hmm. But then she's giving me. Thankfully, the choice and the freedom to say which one do you want to pick to excel at. Like we'll focus on like one or two. It's、mm-hmm. your choice, but you gotta pick something. <laughs> <laughs> so、um, I think it's very reminiscent of like what a tiger mom does. But I did have a little bit more freedom to, I guess, make decisions.、Um, luckily, I also had like one or two sleepovers,、um, <laughs> and I personally decided they weren't for me. But you know, at least I went there. <laughs> at least I had the experience,、yeah. right? Yes. Um. So definitely, still, um, kind of a very, like, soft tiger mom, but、mm-hmm. tiger mom nonetheless.、Mm-hmm. And then, my dad. How do I say this? Like, what's the opposite of a helicopter parent? Like a satellite <laughs> parent? <laughs> like, is is a satellite parent like they kind of like go in their own path and then、uh-huh. they turn back, you know, every once in a while to check on you, and、uh-huh. then they're like, okay, good, good, you're good, okay, we're good. And then they kind of just like continue in their own path <laughs> on their own, on their own orbit, and then、yeah. like once in the moon, it lines up, and they're like, the signal okay? <laughs> Is the signal positive? Okay, and then they keep on going. Yeah, I honestly feel like that's what it's like because he really hasn't like cared too much in terms of like my academic success or like、mm-hmm. my my life success. Like he's just like happy that like. You know, I'm like doing it for myself, like in、mm-hmm. a sense where he's like, "Oh, cool! You know, she really cares about this. Like, she's going after like these like things in school, or like, oh, you know, she 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 can handle it." So I think he has like a lot of innate trust in me. Wow, what is he that also like? Probably, <laughs> probably trust me less and trusts more that you know my mom's got it handled. I see. <laughs> so he's kind of like. Got it. Like I don't have to do jack shit here. <laughs>、mm-hmm. But then again, I feel like a lot of it also has to do with the fact that like my personal like character is just very,、mm-hmm. in a sense, like driven. 
driven like we both are like driven aggressive like kind of know exactly (laughs) what we want and we just go after it regardless of training from our parents Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so in a sense I feel like that's why our parents are slightly more laid back uh yeah exactly because we already put that sort of intent we tiger mommed ourselves we we're tiger children um that's (laughs) maybe the way that (laughs) we've Yes, I think it was definitely a combination of nature and nurture. Uh, for <laughs> me, at least, it was very much so. Like, they would, my parents would push me 100%. Like, the very stereotypical, like, oh, where did that 1% go when you get a mm. 99? Yeah, that was not even an exaggeration what my dad was like um, mm-hmm. in elementary school. But at the same time, it's that innate, like, feeling of, like, seeing your classmates do something well and the competitive spirit comes out and you're like, I can do it too. (laughs) Mm, Yes, literally. I think it's just like, because our parents like looked at mistakes, like that's something we focused on too. And we drove ourselves to not make mistakes in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So honestly had like pretty good childhood, good balance of tiger mom versus, um, you know, regular carefree childhood. Um, but honestly, like, I think we have a joke in my friend group where I'm, like, a total helicopter child. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I don't know if you guys have, like, if this was already a term that was coined, but as my parents have gotten older and I've gotten older, they've been, like, too tired to, like, almost, like, monitor me. So Mm -hmm. I end up doing it towards them. Um, I'm, like, (laughs) very anxious (laughs) as a person so like if my parents go out or like you know if they're doing something i'm the one checking in i'm the one calling them if it gets too late like if my parents travel alone i'm like so worried for them i know the itinerary like front and back like i think i'm way more of a helicopter child than they were ever a helicopter parent That's interesting. I am the complete opposite. I think because (laughs) I've gotten that end of the stick, I am very much like, please, please go do anything else with your life uh, that does not (laughs) involve me. And, you know, I I like I actively encourage my mom to develop more hobbies. Um, Same with my dad. So when my dad is like out and about, like, for example, fishing, which is one of his biggest hobbies, um and he will just kind of go radio silence and i am completely fine with that i'm like yes have your time king um go on that lake (laughs) you know all right um is there any way that you've dealt with or tried to deal with um and minimize your parents overbearing nature you know as someone who is still presently in that fight with (laughs) their parents as a as someone who is about to turn 23, um, who is still in this long war, um, I don't know if my advice will be helpful, but obviously I think it also depends on your personality and your parents' personalities. But as I mentioned, I am a very actively rebellious person. So I think ever since I was literally at the age of four, I have been actively rebelling against my parents, for example. <laughs> I, my biggest fights, my first fights with my mom, to my memory, was fighting with her in the mornings about what to wear to kindergarten. Because, 
even that level of controlling was unacceptable to me. I was like, no, I want to decide what I wear to school. And I would hide little outfits in my backpack and go change in the storage room once I got downstairs, um, which eventually I was exposed because um, our kindergarten had those like nanny cams for parents to see. (laughs) So one day my mom walked by the kindergarten and saw on the monitor that I was wearing something different from what she had put me in in the morning. Um, But I think she found it too funny to fight with me about it because she never told me until many years down the line. But yeah, that was something I did. Obviously, later on in uh, my adulthood about things that were more serious, I think it's very difficult to try to communicate to them that they can trust me because that's what it boils down to. One of it is trust and the other is telling my dad. And I recently had this very difficult conversation with him which is what we talked about, the concept of you can't possibly shield me from everything. Even if you do everything you possibly can, there is just always that factor of unknown and uncertainty. You don't know what's going to happen. And I know, I know how unsettling of a thought that is because as people who both like a sense of control, I think you and I probably know very well (laughs) that kind of anxious feeling of okay like there is an element of like uncertainty ambiguity i can't predict what's going to happen so i told him that i told him that i can empathize with how he feels but unfortunately for him as a parent you have to come to terms with that at some point because at some point i am going to be gone i'm going to be on my own um Mm -hmm. and i guess like a piece of quote-unquote evidence that I've tried to use to convince him is that, you know, I've gone away in university and during that time that I was away that you guys weren't there, you saw how I took care of myself, you saw how I, like, you know, kept up with, like, academics and especially, like, recruiting as well, like, finding a job and things like that. And I've tried to, like, convince him that, you know, clearly I can be independent, so please... Mm -hmm have a little bit more trust in me that I am going to be okay. So obviously that comes, that level of autonomy will come with a lot of responsibility on your own. But I think that's something that can help demonstrate to helicopter parents and just to make them feel a little bit more secure. Because at the end of the day, that level of like over-controlling comes down to them wanting to make sure that you are okay. So if you can kind of say it back to them that you are okay and you're able to do things um, on your own, I feel like that can help just increase that little bit of distance between you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely see. So uh, Kara is still in the midst of her battle. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyone who's listening, please pray for her um to win yes if you guys have any advice for me (laughs) i would love to hear it (laughs) uh yeah pick your battles obviously like it's difficult once you're in the thick of it but Mm -hmm. just kind of like reiterate to yourself like your time with your parents it's a clock counting down right like you're not gonna get as much time with them anymore when you grow up when you leave the nest etc so even if it's, like, an annoyance, like, maybe this is not the best advice, but I would just bear with it. Like, I honestly, like, treasure my time with them more than if, like, 
it annoys me uh, that they're saying something because I can just make it go in one year and out the other. Also, once you do move out, eventually it will be better because distance mm-hmm. will make the heart grow fonder. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you can just survive and you know last until then, things will get better. Stay strong, children of tiger parents and helicopter parents. <laughs> We're here for you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so we've gone through all that, explained everything we know about tiger moms, helicopter parents. Now comes the final test. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, very hypothetical, if you have children in the future, how do you think you would raise them? Oh, man. You know, it's that saying that, like, we all eventually become our parents. Um, <laughs> that has been my deepest fear for a very long time because I certainly am terrified of becoming like my father. Um, that being said, I don't think I'll be a helicopter parent in that I will want to control, like, for example, like their social life necessarily. But I do think when it comes to, you know, being a tiger mom, um, maybe not to the micromanaging extent, but kind of like what we talked about, what our moms were like in the sense that, Mm -hmm. you know, they still pushed us, but gave us autonomy. I feel like that's the type of mom I would be because I think I definitely saw the benefits of that. And I would want to provide um, my hypothetical child with as many opportunities as possible. And I would Mm -hmm. want to kind of push them a little bit to achieve the things that they want to achieve. I think obviously not to project my own experiences onto like my children, but I saw firsthand kind of like now looking back, I wish that I had pushed myself harder, for example, so that I would have like retained some of the um, extracurriculars that I was really good at, for example. So I think I think that's what I would be like. (laughs) Mm, Okay, I definitely agree. I mean, I feel like our experiences were a good mix of things, Mm -hmm. right? It was like you both got to experience everything, but you also kind of had a good path that you could Mm -hmm. walk on. Um, Obviously dependent on your personality, kind of your circumstances, but I feel like I would probably do the same where Mm -hmm. it's like the overarching ideology is the same, right? Strive for excellence, do whatever you can to be the best version of you. Mm-hmm. But you have a choice of defining what excellence means and what your best self is, right? Exactly. You can decide that for yourself. But the expectation is you try. You try goddamn hard to get there, right? Yes, for sure. But on the helicopter parent front, I know we joke about me being a helicopter child and full <laughs> shizzle. I get anxious. But I am too lazy and too tired to, like, constantly micromanage someone. Honestly, I can't even micromanage myself. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> to micromanage others would be very difficult. I think I would just, like, try to build and retain trust with my children. Yes. That they can come to me whenever they have an issue. But I also trust in them to make level-headed decisions. Yes, I think that is extremely important to me. Because, you know, I also saw firsthand of what a child would be like if you were a helicopter parent because 
Again, not saying that everyone will be as rebellious as I was. Uh, <laughs> that is certainly not the implication. But I will say, like, definitely the saying that, like, oh, kids with uh, very strict parents become very good liars. Because oh. I did not tell my parents anything. And mm. I certainly became very good at hiding my trails for everything. And mm -hmm. that is not something that I want with my children. I don't want there to be that relationship of like constant fear and then also like mistrust. And yeah, it just sounds very toxic. And it was very toxic for me. So mm -hmm. I think definitely trust and open communication is what I want to strive for. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, except, you know, if I don't have kids, don't have to worry about any of this. <laughs> I can just be the cool, rich aunt and just like pop in, pop out, you know, satellite <laughs> aunt style. Everything's good. <laughs> uh, yes, just be a cat mom. Oh, yeah. My cat children will not listen to me ever. And I'm okay with that. Uh, yes. So I guess not a very good thought to end off on as we talk about... <laughs> mothers and our tiger mothers but that was a very fun hypothetical situation but we'll cross that bridge when we get there honestly hopefully you enjoyed our first episode of season three we did get into some deeper topics for the first episode but let us know if you've self-identified as a child of a tiger mom or a helicopter parent um, and any stories you might have and, you know, we hope you also had the chance to reflect with us as to whether or not you think you will ever become just like your parents. Hopefully that's a fun thought experiment to do. Anyways, thank you again for coming with us on this journey for season three and see you in the next one. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.